Section 9 of Unvarnished Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by John Brandon. Unvarnished Tales by William McKay. Section 9 A Philanthropic Masher. An elderly man with a pleasant expression, iron gray hair, and faultlessly dressed may occasionally be seen walking along the shady side of st james street in the early afternoon he gazes a good deal under the bonnets of the pretty women but there is a demure and half respectful expression in his glance which withers any rising feeling of resentment his age and his unmistakably sympathetic half-smile give him an immunity which would not be extended to younger and bolder men he is known to society as the honorable archibald flotton flotton is a member of three excellent clubs his name is on some extremely desirable visiting lists he goes to church when in town every sunday morning his conduct in public is most exemplary and yet somehow flotton has no men friends he has money and therefore can always command the society of a select circle of parasites but men who ought to be in his own set or of whose set he ought to be do not care for his company nor do the female leaders of society give him great countenance he is not perhaps regarded exactly as a mauvais sujet but it is generally admitted that there is something queer about flodden the sentiment was not of course inspired originally by the fact that after two years of domestic infelicity his wife left him taking her infant daughter with her society naturally took the man's part the wife placed herself outside the pale and flodden never asked her to re-enter it he took the matter philosophically gave up his house in sloan square took chambers in the albany refused all communication with his wife and led the life of a sedate and philanthropic bachelor for eighteen years he has led this blameless and almost idyllic life and yet there exists in society an undefined distrust of him which is utterly unaccountable but though the great ladies of society guided by an infallible instinct do not regard the honorable archie flodden with favor there are certain other desirable persons who worship him as the very beau ideal knight these are ladies of the middle class the wives of professional men or the gushing ornaments of suburban bohemia their experience of gentlemen is perhaps limited they may be excused therefore in mistaking flodden's tinsel of politeness for the gold of real gallantry it is quite surprising the number of interesting young persons of the emotional and impressionable kind who have acquired a sincere romantic but quite platonic regard for mr flodden happy chance has in the majority of instances procured the introduction and as a rule the male relatives of the ladies are quite unaware of the distinct intimacy existing between flodden and their womenfolk indeed these male relatives are all mere brutes and it is part of flodden's edifying mission to sympathize with these dear creatures to express distress that their sweetness should be wasted on such clods of earth 
and generally to insinuate comparisons between himself and the lawful husband which are definitely detrimental to the latter this hoary-headed squire of dames has the pleasantest possible little five o'clock teas at his chambers in the albany and sometimes as many as eight or even nine of his young friends will join him at that simple repast lord roach cockroach he used to be called in his regiment who lives in the next set seeing the ladies file out at half-past six or so has put in about that flodden keeps a dancing academy but though there is occasionally a little piano playing there has never been a dance indeed the entertainment is chiefly conversational mr flodden never used a rude or an improper expression he has however a wonderful knack of leading the conversation into doubtful topics the chaste annals of the divorce court afforded him much agreeable food for comment he would argue with some of his impressionable admirers as to the possibility of a purely platonic affection and at times he would scribble off an epigram in choice french on some living beauty notorious for the number of her amours these trifles written in a formal but trembling hand have found themselves in the private albums of many an honest house in the suburbs the ladies who were the objects of his disinterested regard invariably alluded to him as a dear kind creature the most gentlemanly person so sympathetic and the rest the more gushing recklessly declared him to be a duck dean swift remembering his own definition of the phrase would have called him a nice man one hot afternoon in the july of last year mr flodden sat in his luxurious chambers surrounded by half a dozen of his female admirers decanting on the superiority of french art as illustrated by the examples which adorned his walls having exhausted this topic he proceeded to one more calculated to stimulate the curiosity of his guests i have got a little surprise for you my dear ladies a fresh addition to our charmed and may i say charming circle six fragile cups descended from twelve ruby lips and twelve eyes opened wide with curiosity such a charming creature so young so beautiful so romantic and so unfortunate six long-drawn sighs husband a cruel brute absolutely beats her twelve eyes cast in mute appeal to the heaven that exists above albany ceilings then the still small voice of a sympathetic inquirer and where did you meet this this paragon a secret my dear madam an absolute and positive secret she was on her way to give lessons she sings divinely in order to maintain her keeper in tobacco and beer faugh six more long-drawn sighs if she keep her appointment she will be here directly she is a shy reserved little creature but should i think in such genial society thaw somewhat yes she really must thaw in five minutes flodden's man a highly respectable person well versed in his master's little ways 
announced mrs bird this was the lady who had so greatly fascinated the philanthropist thereby driving six sympathetic souls into paroxysms of jealousy it must be admitted that anything less reserved or shy than mrs bird had never before been presented to six neglected matrons mrs bird was stylishly dressed greatly made up and exhibited the undefinable cachet of the professional she called mr flodden old chappy shook hands unintroduced with the assembled tea-drinkers hoped they were quite jolly and then asked the master of the establishment for a brandy and soda that worthy man of the world had turned red and white and even blue he was completely thunderstruck it was evident he must stop the compromising flow of her conversation the modest woman of his rambles had suddenly become transformed into a something too terrible for contemplation a brilliant idea he would ask her to sing mrs bird was a woman of a most obliging disposition she sat down at the piano and dashed off a showy prelude and commenced her song you remember the effect of captain shandon's tipsy ditty upon the good colonel newcomb an effect somewhat similar was now produced on the neglected wives mrs bird warbled out with unctuous accent one of the most notorious ballads of a parisian cafe chantant the matrons rose for shawls and the songstress apprehending their intention jumped from the piano and burst into an uncontrollable fit of laughter flodden looked humiliated beyond measure there was not a penny weight of philanthropy left in him this is awful he exclaimed in heaven's name who and what are you i am your daughter gwendolen she hissed at that moment voices were heard from without flodden's man shouting you shan't go in and another voice consigning flodden's man to hades then the door was thrust open and a cad in loud checked trousers a green-coloured newmarket coat a white hat and innumerable rings stood bowing to the assembled company he eventually fixed a somewhat bloodshot eye on the philanthropist and said now then my festive fossil when next you go a-following other men's wives you see as they ain't your own daughters i'm the great o'daniel the star comic when's my wife and you're my pa-in-law here's a hoarder give us a turn and bring your lady friends with you my new song the elderly masher is no end of a go come along gwen good-bye par ladies bong jor so saying he tucked gwendolen under his arm bowed and left the apartment the other guests retired in solemn silence wiser and let us hope better women and that was mr flodden's last five o'clock tea at the albany end of section nine